Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast for the American Council of Engineering Companies, coming to you from our 2022 Convention and Legislative Summit taking place in Washington, D.C. We are pleased to bring you convention coverage made possible by our sponsor, Autodesk. Autodesk is changing how the world is designed and made. Their technology spans architecture, engineering, construction, product design, manufacturing, media, and entertainment, empowering innovators everywhere to solve challenges big and small. From more sustainable, resilient infrastructure to higher performing building designs, the Autodesk AEC collection gives every designer, engineer, and contractor the tools to create new ways, explore what's possible, and build with confidence. And we're very pleased to have them as a sponsor to bring us all of the content at this year's event. I'm also pleased to be joined by Adam Steltzner. He is the chief engineer of the Mars 2020 project and also with the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Adam just talked and just wrapped off the stage uh, a great presentation to our audience. So, Adam, great presentation. You're just coming right off the stage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, our audience loved it. I mean, they were, they were. No, you guys were great. You know, you're fantastic I, audience. It, it's good to talk to fellow engineers. I think it's that, yeah, that you're understanding. Right. Right? right. Yep. They get it. Yeah. And I, I think in, in the heart of every bridge engineer, every structural guy, everybody who's done work in, in kind of the public, you know, the built environment, mm-hmm. there's gotta be a little part of them that says NASA, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's that well, I space, can, you know, no. <laughs> The built environment, all of it. You know what I really turns me on? Heavy equipment. Yeah. Just looking at the joints <laughs> uh-huh. of an excava- excavator, yeah. right? I love looking at that, looking at how the weldments, how they've chosen it, where their design features are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. the same ways of thinking span across yeah. the range of engineering pursuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that the point that you raised, that it's that <clears throat> continual human built-in curiosity of, you know, sitting back and looking at a challenge and going, okay, why is this like it is? And how can we either improve it, fix it, or, or do something else with it? Mm-hmm. Which I think drives a lot of the people who get into this business, yep. this, in, you know, this industry. You know, and, and it's it's that, always that challenge when you get older, not to lose that feeling of youth. What got you in the first place? Yeah. I Keep mean, it alive. I think a lot of our, of our members, you know, they're, they're right now in the, in a situation, you know, Congress finally did something. They finally passed an infrastructure bill. Now they have all this project money coming in. They have mm-hmm. those, all this opportunity. And it seems like a perfect ability for, or a time for, you know, our, our, our member firms and the engineers who, who work for them just to really just grab it. And so not just, not just build good infrastructure, but use that curiosity, use that kind of sense of wonder to say, what can we do to really make, make things, things better? better. You know, yep, and it's just amazing how much technology is out there that can be used, not just for, you know, just your 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 typical work that's done for infrastructure, but now connected cities, smart, mm-hmm. you know, um, inter interconnected um, uh, communities. You have autonomous driving. You have all these things that are coming out, and the only way we actually get them done is by putting them in place and engineers actually building them and creating the systems to make it work. Right. You know, um, the, the word engineer comes from the old French, engin, mm-hmm. which means to be ingenious. The first act of engineering is invention. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that we will um, be investing 
uh, in, ma- in modernizing and making newer and better the infrastructure of our nation. Yeah. I, I have to ask because it's just amazing when you think about it. I mean, you showed the videos of the helicopter on Mars, of course, that, yeah. that give him and you're just, just flying, which is just yeah. amazing. And you have the, just the, the idea of the commitment it took. I mean, you think about the, the, the sample return timetable yes. at the end of your speech. When, you're, when you talk about 10 years, you're looking at a decade. I mean, you know, what, what's the, explain kind of the dedication and kind of the commitment to something like this, where you just invest so much time to create something that you send, like you said, sending a, sending a robot to kind of dig around on Mars and send stuff back. Realizing that when you start on this journey, you're not just talking about building the rover and getting it to Mars, but then you're talking about it doing its work and then finally getting, getting something stuff back. Home, right. You know, <clears throat> you know, what's that, what, what's that feeling of motivation that keeps that going? Like to keep, keep on, keep on pushing. Well, I, you know, honestly, I would imagine that it's like any great project, right? If you look at the pyramids or the castles in Europe, right? These things all took decades to make some of our, our own engineering efforts, some of our biggest bridges, the Golden Gate Bridge, right? 1930, man, that took a while to make. Um, you have to be goal-oriented. You have to really want to see that final success and use that as your sort of north star to stay focused, to um, cut out what you don't need and make sure you're taking care of what you do to be successful. And so I think it, it's actually a, a, a headspace that, that spans different pursuits. Um, yes, it's true that we've got a decade or more before these samples will be back here on Earth. But for an aerospace engineer, um, you know, building spacecraft to go to Mars, it's like being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. you can... You can deal with a long Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, I, I only you, you understand the math, you understand the models, the you know you run the simulations, you kind of understand exactly what it needs to go into building something that's going to go into a completely alien atmosphere environment, and you kind of you can plan for it. But you know, it's just that conceptualization of of the fact that this thing is 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 operating in an environment that no matter how much you test you don't exactly know what it's experiencing yeah uh, when you when you when that helicopter <clears throat> launched i mean what was the feeling like when you saw that thing go i mean well we were super excited yeah um you know as engineers our job really is to think about all the ways that these things can fail mm-hmm. you know if you were an athlete they talk about, you know, visualizing, hitting the ball or whatever. That actually helps you because, you you know, muscle memory or something, it helps your body, brain, muscle connection. There's no brain, muscle connection for a robot on Mars. So yeah. the only way we think about it is in failure terms. Mm-hmm. Because of that, sometimes the success can be very surprising. It can almost take you aback. You can almost be not ready for it mm-hmm. because you spent your whole career thinking about how it's going to fail, and it doesn't. So it's beautiful. It's an amazing experience. It's a little surreal because it feels a little bit like unearthly. Mm-hmm. You know that when we landed Curiosity, yeah. landing night, there's this saying, you know, walking on air. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, walking on there. Yeah, we're so excited. It's walking on there. I didn't really understand what the hell I was talking about until eventually, landing night, curiosity. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, that's what this is about. Because it's like, you don't, your feet don't even feel like they're touching the ground. You're in this yeah. sort of zombie mode. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is true. It's it's. <clears throat> And I understand a little bit, like you can plan, 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 and it could be, you know, something could be over. And the success is not failure. It's right. like, it's that feeling of, well, everything that we possibly thought of that could possibly go wrong didn't. Right. And you almost feel more, more elated at the fact that not just the success, but then my list of failures didn't, didn't actually t- translate. Well, when we were landing curiosity, as we got, went through the sequence of events, mm-hmm. the landing sequence, Everything was working, and I'm watching the data come in. We're, we can't control the spacecraft. The spacecraft is, at that time, <clears throat> seven minutes light time away. Mm-hmm. We're just long for the ride watching. But the data's coming in, and it's getting lower and going through this event, and the parachute open beautifully. We go into powered flight. It's working. We go into the sky crane maneuver. It's working. We touched down. It worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like this is, was this growing incredulity. Yeah. Was it really just going to happen that way? Mm-hmm. And uh, and the answer was yes. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because it's completely, it, well, it, it, it's to an extent, it's it's the kind of same story to an extent that I talked to um, a Disney Imagineer, Eddie Soto, who uh, had no technical background, mm-hmm. right? But he got into it, and, and, and it's the same kind of idea. It's, I guess he kind of asked himself, why can't, why can't this happen? Mm-hmm. And then he just tried everything mm-hmm. and, and, and then handed it over to the technical people who could actually make it happen, yeah, right? right? But it must be the same kind of approach as saying, okay, we're going to put a rover on Mars. We're starting with a blank page. You just kind of throw every kind of idea that you have right there, and then you start like a sculpture taking away yeah. the marble. To that is exactly remember. actually the. T- t- I talk about it like this, like a greater than and a lesser than. Actually, it's a lesser than and a greater than side. But anyway, what it means is there's idea j- idea generation. Mm-hmm. Then there's a period of evaluation, and then idea destruction. Yeah. Or competition. And that's how we try and figure out new things mm-hmm. is we try and think of all the ways we can imagine. Yeah. And then we evaluate them. And usually they f- clump into families. Oh, these things all use this or all do this feature. Then we evaluate. Mm-hmm. And then usually there's sort of a natural death that occurs to, to many of them. Yeah. And then when, you, when they come down into competition in the end, mm-hmm. I mean, boy, you hope that you have a hard Sophie's choice at the end where yeah. there's two two of or three of them that work perfectly mm-hmm. and you have to pick between the one. Exactly. Usually it doesn't work like that. Usually there's just one idea standing by the time you get to the end. Yeah. I mean how many but then how many other ideas that you've actually cast off are going to be the core idea for, a, for the something next project, else. Right? In fact, yes, um, uh, the idea of the sky crane can be thought of in terms of it's not actually how we thought of it, but you could imagine it in terms of other ways that were previously cast off coming back. Yeah. So we did, we did start off kind of one of the questions that uh, Linda asked was uh, related to uh, STEM education and, and kind of like that, that hopefully the investment in 
that's private investment. And then, you know, this, the, the fact that we can get people, civilians up in space is kind of sparking <clears throat> more interest. It's and, fantastic. And hopefully new, new students get into STEM. I mean, we have a, we're in a workforce crunch right now, right? I mean, we, we have a lot more work than we have engineers to do the work. We have engineers graduating from school and maybe going into, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but like, you know, Silicon Valley working mm -hmm. for the, for the tech companies, you know, I, for anyone out there who's listening that, that, that is thinking about going into engineering, um, you know, what would you tell them, you know, to stick with? I mean, what, what, what's your message to them to say, yes, this is a field for you. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you want to stick with and actually, you know, get your hands dirty with. Well, <clears throat> I will rely on a quote from Theodore von Karman, who was one of the, early, um, famous aerodynamicist and um, one of the early contributors to the lab. He said, scientists prove the world as it is. Engineers create the world that has yet to be. When you're an engineer, you are making the future. Yeah. And that is kind of the coolest thing I could ever imagine. Yeah, I, I, well said, well put. Well, Adam, I know that um, you're, you're short on time. I really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. This is just a wonderful presentation. Um, you know, I think everybody in the room was just just complete rapt attention. And, and I could hear from the back, right? You had this, especially when you showed the, the videos of the, of the unfortunate flight experiments that did not go well. Yep. Um, but just, just that the, whenever you saw something impressive, everyone was just, just, just like a palpable expression of like, oh, my God. So um, I think everyone is um, leaving today with a with a with a definite renewed sense of optimism, curiosity, and and hopefully perseverance into the future as we go forward with this with this new infrastructure bill. So Adam Stel uh, Stelzner, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, and thank you for being part of our event. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff.